Okay, so welcome everyone. So this is the special bonus, naturally healthy gut health edition um, bonus lesson in August. We're recording this in August 2023, but these will be timeless principles. Um, so our plan for today is just, I've just got a tiny bit of news to share, and then we're going to really dive into all things gut health. So we are going to talk about why gut health is so important. And then we're going to talk about like gut health problem solving. So I'll give you a framework so that if you do have some problems with your gut, like you've got something to follow, um, a process to follow to be able to, to come up with solutions. And then I'll actually give you a whole list of, we're going to talk about all the different ways that you can improve your gut health and just heads up, similar to the aging well one, there are so many things that like options that we are going to be discussing today. So just don't get overwhelmed and I'll, I'll break it down for you. Um, I've, and then I've, I'll share some resources with the, um, with the, uh, like when I post the replay as well, because it's like, there's so much that's been written about gut health. It is a very, um, in the health space, it is a very hot topic, um, particularly over the last I'd say like 10 years and a lot of that's been driven by just um, understanding and also like advances in research like and, and our ability like technology and our ability to research microbes so um, yeah the, there's if you want to go down the gut health rabbit hole you could be you could spend a lot of time like you, you, you can have some like you can really geek out on it um, okay so and as always just I like to keep these sessions as interactive as possible so just unmute yourself as we go and shout out questions or if you prefer to type in the chat that's cool too I'll um I'll cover questions as we go because I think like rather than saving them to to a um but I will uh, call for questions at the end as well hey Jones just joined us awesome okay so in terms of news um, our post of the week prize went to Emma and um, Emma just did a little post saying playing with the process. And she said, I just watched the graduates group July 2022 proactive self-soothing call and heard Joan talk about playing around with her process, inspired to do the same. And so then she said, I love to enjoy my food with a capital E, be aware with a capital A of how my body feels and track stuff, which I love, um, or eat for short. So hers is enjoy, aware, track, <laughs> um, which I think is, is really very elegant, Emma. So I wanted to celebrate Emma for, for posting that. But also like a good reminder for all of us too, is like, yeah, like you can have some fun with your process and figuring out what it goes. And if you are into acronyms, <laughs> three-letter ac acronyms like me and Emma, like coming up with your own, like it's really, um, yeah, like it, it can be a really fun thing to do. So yay for Emma for posting that and um in other news oh I've actually um got some new calendar technology so rather than having to rely on me calculating stuff I just put it into a calendar now and then you guys can follow the calendar and subscribe to it and then it goes into your calendar and it's like this modern technology does all the time zone calculations daylight saving stuff amazing <laughs> um so I've actually set up two calendars one for the staying naturally healthy group and um hey mary and then one for the um for the september calls so if you you um so that'll have like the weekly calls on it so the first one the snh one just has the graduate stuff and then the second one the september 23 that will have the weekly calls so you, i've put those links in the chat i'll put them post them with the re with this replay as well so you are welcome to follow along with either or both of those because and moving forward like you guys if you there's any of the weekly calls that you want to attend please do so that is um yeah i'm really excited about new calendars um okay and what else there was something else that i just thought of to share and now i can't think of it mm, yeah, calendars oh yeah circle so I'm going to, um, I've decided because a couple of people, lots of people have been asking me, oh, should I be posting in the graduates section? Should I be posting in the original section? And so I've just decided we don't really need a separate, like, so I'll keep the graduates section separate for posting replays and resources. But I was thinking we don't really need two tiny win sections and we don't really need two review sections because whenever anyone does a review, graduates or um, 
or people that in like that is going through for the first time, it's all relevant. Like you know, a, a win is a win. It doesn't it doesn't matter what uh, how long you've been at this for. Um, so I'm I'm going to simplify circle and just have one space. So just um, I just need to figure out how to do that. Um, okay, cool. So let's now go go dive into gut health. So first of all, like this, I, why is gut health important? And the thing is, is like gut health impacts all areas of our health because our gut is how we absorb nutrients. So it's how it's like the stepping stone for nutrients getting from our food or from the outside world into our bodies for us, our bodies to be able to use it. And so on, so, and so if you've got impairment in your gut where you're not able to absorb nutrients properly, then it doesn't matter what you're eating. Like, like it's what you're, is actually getting into your cells that's important. So if you've got gut issues, that has a direct impact on your health because your ability to, um, for the, your cells to have all the, all the nutrients that they need when they need them is impacted by your gut. So it's a huge thing. And the other reason gut health is important is like there's a direct link between the brut, uh, the, 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 the brain and the gut. And um, it's like the vagus nerve. And, um, and there, there's you know, research around how like our gut health impacts our mental health. And that's because of this, this link between the brain and the gut. Um, and the other thing with gut health is um, your gut health, your gut, um, because that's, so in our bodies, like everything inside is sterile except for our digestive tract. So like inside your muscles, like no bacteria or like or they should, it should, it should be sterile. Like there shouldn't be any microbes in there. The only microbes are on our surface, which is like on the skin, on the outer surface, but also inside our digestive tracts. And so our gut is like this, um, this barrier between us and all the bugs in the world. And so if your gut's impaired, then that has an impact on your immune system because bugs that aren't meant to be in different parts of our bodies are able to get in um, and also different types of tissue. So it has like, there's a huge thing like the gut health, like it's, it's mental health, it's immune health, and it's really all our health. So like if to be a naturally healthy person, having a um, having a impaired gut or a gut that doesn't function very well is really a, a, like you know making like make it much harder for you to be healthy basically. And then in terms of like um, gut health and weight, like definitely gut health has a huge impact on our appetite as well and our weight. And so because if, if you're um, so when you've got like diarrhea we're gonna and if anyone's sensitive about this sort of stuff don't be anymore we're having this conversation um yeah like if you've got diarrhea then like the food's going through you your body like like your body isn't able to absorb the nutrients that you eat so that actually makes you hungry and i definitely notice that like when i've got the runs that like i'll be my i'll be my appetite will naturally be um bigger bigger which is totally cool when you're listening to your body and then you just eat more and it's not a drama whereas if you're counting calories and you're like oh but i can only have 1200 calories and then you've got diarrhea like you know you're, you're ravenous and it's like that's why where that struggle comes in so that's um one way that um gut health impacts weight and then the other is like if you've got the other problem of like being constipated then you've got although that food is sitting in your digestive system for a long time and the longer it's in there the more like we're able to extract every last nutrient out of what you've eaten so even though you may have eaten like you know the same amount of food as somebody else if your gut's really really slow the amount of calories and nutrients that are actually going into your system uh, is more for the same amount of food as for someone who's got a more regular, um, like move, regular timed system. So like having a slow, like having constipation is like makes it harder for your weight because then like, you know, you have to be like way more on top and, but your appetite will naturally adjust. But if you're just eating based on what you think you should be having, um, then you know that can that can make it harder to lose weight so so many reasons why gut health is important um so let's move on to like and i guess with any all these things like knowing that it's important is great but we don't want to use that oh, when your gut is problematic don't 
stress out about it like because you don't want to add stress onto your stress about your gut onto the onto the problems that are already there so just know that like yes it's important but also like you know you don't have to do any of this stuff perfectly and there is no such thing as a perfectly functioning human so it's okay if you do have some problems for a while you know you're not going to no one maybe they have like but you're not going to die generally from having impaired gut it's just you know it's an it's a opportunity to be better rather than thinking oh my god you know I'm never going to be healthy if I don't get this fixed like we don't want to put that type of pressure on yourself so it's okay for your gut to be a bit a bit like it doesn't have to be perfect for it to for, for you to be okay okay so gut health problem solving so of course whenever we're thinking about problem solving or whenever we think about anything we want to look at our mindset first and get into that mindset of like, yeah, I'm always solved my problems. This isn't a big deal. Was if you're thinking, ah, oh, because, and I know like, because gut health issues can feel really overwhelming. And I know certainly with Glenn's journey, it can be incredibly frustrating and it's like this moving target. So you think you've got things sorted and then it like flares up again. Um, so it can be easy to like have a lot of like defeatist, like negative thoughts around it. And that doesn't help your situation. So what we want to do is just remind yourself that, yep, I've got the problem with this. And I always solve my problem. So just, I think like that thought, like, or something along those lines of, yeah, this is, I can, yeah, I'm able to solve this. I'll figure it out. Or, you know, just anything that resonates with you, but approaching it from that, like, yes, I can do this mindset. And then we want to bring in some radical acceptance because if we're like, and particularly we've got to be fighting with reality and, like argue like arguing with it and freaking out about it like that just makes it so much harder to see things clearly so what we want to do is like when your gut's playing up just just use some radical acceptance with it yes my gut's playing yes I'm blocked up again yes you know whatever it is like yes I'm and just accept that this is where I'm at right now knowing that I always solve my problems and I will get to it. I'll, I will solve this problem as well, even if it feels like it's all encompassing and I'm never going to get there. Even if it's something that I've been working on, like it's I've kind of you know, struggled with my whole life, like I'm going to, pro- I, I've solved my problems. So like, it's not a big deal. And then we want to, like, once you've got to that, like kind of more neutral place when you're radically accepting what's going on, that's when you can um, experiment and, and really, yeah, like it's like trial and error but doing little experiments to find out what works for you. Cause like the only way we know, cause everyone's microbiome is, is completely unique and which is so cool. Like we all have um, like different bugs in our, in there. And so what works for one person, particularly around gut health doesn't necessarily work for another person. So it really, I want, but using that as to be empowered, like using that to feel inspired of like, okay, this is, a, I'm going to solve my problem. I'm going to like, I'm going to have to do experiments on myself because it doesn't matter what the research says about everyone else out there. It's what matters in my gut is the, is the key. So we want to experiment and to, in order to experiment, I think like the best approach is just brainstorming ideas. And so we're going to go through a whole list of ideas today. So you're going to have that for in front of you, Um, but yeah, brainstorming ideas and, so that and then like looking at okay what are all the things that I could try so getting that list and then deciding which one or ones to experiment with first and just you know trusting your instincts that you will know and you'll be guided you'll get what you need um and then like when you when you have just narrowed it down to I would recommend not doing more than you know, one or two experiments at a time like knowing that you can do this over time um, when you've got that narrowed down, like, do you, is this something that you can create a tiny habits recipe for, or is it something that you're just going to start doing? Like you just make a decision and do it. Um, depending on what it is that you're doing, you like creating a tiny habits recipe might be helpful. And then it's, then it's all about like just listening to your body, tuning in, seeing how you feel like, and trusting that your body's going to guide you on this. And that, and the other thing with it is remembering, like approaching it from, like there's no failing, only learning. So you might try something, it doesn't work, no dramas, because you'll now you know, okay, that doesn't work for me. I'm going to try this something else and um, just approaching it from that. 
So our problem solving framework there, it's like getting our mindset straight. So like being a problem solver, I always solve my problems, radically accepting where you are. So yes, my gut is playing up, brainstorming ideas and and then running experiments. So deciding which ones, like having a list, deciding which ones you want to play with first, or you might just, just decide which, and you don't have to have a list. You can just decide, try something. If that doesn't work, then go back to the drawing board. Like it's you know, up to, depending on what your working style. And then really it's just like listening, giving yourself the opportunity to tune into your body. What's my body trying to tell me here? And just keep re- repeating and keep failing and learning until you get to where you're happy and also like with gut health it really is a moving target <laughs> so and that's because like the um like the, the mic like the, the the populations of bugs in our guts change on an hour to hour basis like and there's like a circadian rhythm to them as well so in the morning certain populations will be higher and then in the um like they'll drop off and in the afternoon and like like around depending on what you've eaten like different populations will be going up and down and then like so it's it's like on one hand that is incredibly frustrating but just understanding that these bugs like their life like they live for a couple of hours and like they're reproducing like crazy like and so it is like it is very variable I think like just understanding that that's the nature of our guts and that's how they how it is meant to be can be also helpful as well because if you're fighting against or you're getting disappointed or frustrated that it's it's changing all the time like oh look I had bananas the other day and they were fine and then today I'm having a reaction to them like that's just you know understanding that I think makes it easier but also knowing that so many people have struggled with gut problems and they've, you know, it, it's one of those those things that you can get to a place that is a lot better than where you are now. Um, it doesn't mean that you won't have problems in the future, but, you know, just knowing that it is possible. Okay. So how do we improve our gut? So now we've got our like problem solving framework. What are all the like tactics and ideas that we can use? So there's a whole list here. And I've broken them into three sections. So we've got um, real, so how to improve gut health. So we're going to, first of all, we're going to look at like food that you can eat in terms of real food. Then we're going to look at um, supplements you can take. And then we're going to look at, I've just lumped it into other strategies. Um, And not that those, like that that order is important. Like, you know, some of the other strategies may actually be the ones that give you the, the, the most benefit straight off, off the bat. So don't dismiss them as um, a good starting place. Um, yeah. So, oh, and be, also before we um, before we go into that, I just wanted to speak about um, uh, like in terms of problem solving. So there are on the market a lot of different options now for gut microbiome testing. And I've been tested, Glenn's been tested. And um, if you're excited about getting tested, <laughs> go for it. Like definitely like there's no harm in doing it but what I found is that certainly and actually to be fair this was actually we probably did it I did it about five years ago so this may have improved since then but one thing I found was um that the like you get your results back but it was like it's like you know it's so complicated and there's just like you know you've got all these different bugs these types of bugs and blah but it was like the actual, like, how do I translate that in from this is what's in my gut to this is what, like, this is what I need to be healthy. Like, this is what changes I need to make. That um, that advice wasn't very helpful, I, I found. And it was very, like, it was all about cutting out the, these foods. Like, you know, it was like no carrots for you, Jules. And I can't remember what else. So um, I followed it for a little while, but I found it, like, it was very restrictive and not very fun. So I just thought I would mention that, be, like that. I think it can be helpful to have testing if you're you want to geek out on it, but also, um, it it also is one of those things where it's like kind of too much information to actually be practical and useful. So, um, but yeah, up up to you on that one. But I wouldn't be rushing out to do testing if you haven't haven't done it already. Okay, so let's talk about um, yeah, how to improve gut health. So. First of all is our real food. So, of course, um, number one thing is when we think of gut health is we think of fibre. Uh, and so for 
like there's you know it's interesting because there's kind of two schools of thoughts in the nutrition com- community one is that the old the traditional nutritionists are like yes we need fiber it's super important and then you've got like the kind of carnivore community who just eat meat and they're like no we don't need fiber at all like you just it's like it's it's okay if you don't poo every day which um you know that's their theory i think given that there aren't many like traditional cultures where they don't eat fiber um i think that's a bit of a that radical you don't need fiber idea is um yeah a bit it's a bit high risk because we don't have any evidence for it but then there the 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 low fiber people are saying there isn't actually any like evidence that we do need fiber but i just know for myself like if i'm doing looking bringing it back to i don't care what the research says what does it what does it what does jules's gut say and my jules's gut says if i don't have my flax seeds i get blocked off (laughs) or if i don't have my flax seeds i actually can get the runs as well so for me having regular fiber intake is so beneficial and but you also like you want to increase it gradually so if you're going from like not having much fiber you don't want to start just like chowing down on big bowls of flax seeds or big bowls of bran because um that can be too much of a shock on your system because the bugs there are like oh well we don't know what to do with this we don't know the fiber eating bugs aren't going to be around so if you want to increase it gradually so that the populations of bugs that can handle the fiber um, they get a chance to keep up. You don't want to like just completely overload them. You want to give them a chance to get their um, recruitment process happening so that they've got the right, like the right bugs are ready when the fiber comes. And the way to do that is gradually. Um, so for me, like these days, I like have four tablespoons of linseeds or flax seeds a day with my yogurt. I love it. It's like my afternoon treat. I have it every single day. If I'm traveling, I take my flax seeds. Like this is a, a big thing for me. Um, but if you're not into flax seeds, like psyllium is another option, um, which is like, yeah, like it has this kind of glutinous thing. I'm not a huge, I do have had psyllium, but I prefer flax because they, they're like crunchy little seeds in with my yogurt. Chia seeds are another option or oat bran or like, you know, you can get, you can get like, um you know, wheat fiber and stuff like that. But I um, recommend, I recommend not going too much down the wheat fiber because it can be quite abrasive and quite like a lot quite harsh um oh no i don't grind the flax seeds joan um i just because i like them i don't the flavor is a bit like dirty is not the right word but yeah the flavor isn't is kind of got this not such a nice flavor so when you grind them and also when you grind them you lose the crunch so if i mix it in with the yogurt it's like you, you miss out on that crunch. So I actually like really like crunching them. But if you grind them, then your body is able to absorb. So flax seeds are like 30% fiber, 30% omega-3s and 30% protein. So if you grind them, you are able to better absorb the protein and the um, and the omega-3s from them. But the those plant-based omega-3s aren't very bioavailable anyway and i take fish oil to get my omega-3 so i'm not i'm I'm just eating them for the fiber and i and the crunch so so i don't but if you did want if you were um if you did want to increase your omega-3s and and get that from the flax seeds then grinding them would would be more helpful with that but they they are less palatable once ground but then you can use that ground flour in baking and things so um that's an option um, okay, so great question, Joan. So we you want to have some sort of fiber. And I think like having something that you take, like flax seeds, like oat bran, like whatever it is every day is just a is good because then you know you're getting that consistent volume of fiber. And then you can look at like having foods, but if you have a day where you're not having as many vegetables, like if you're only relying on your getting the fiber from your vegetables, then that can be like, you know, your fiber isn't going to be as consistent. And I think having that solid base, it's like, it's great if you get more fiber on some days and not, but if you've got that solid base, it just makes it easier, like peace of mind. Um, so it's just, and having that habit in place is, is, is really great. Okay. So first, yeah, increase fiber gradually. Next is increase water slash fluids, which is what everyone will tell you. And then when I say that, it's making me thirsty. And um, 
in terms of how much how much fluids to drink like again it's like you only you will know um but what i would recommend is if you and generally if you're um this is only like if you, you're having constipation that you need to increase water and fluids. If you've got diarrhea, then you know water's not going to more water isn't going adding more water to that problem isn't going to make a difference. Um, but but I would encourage you to experiment with having more than you think you need. So I drink like at least four liters of tea <laughs> a day. Like so, I've got like a teapot that's one liter, and I have I have like at least four of those a day, sometimes more. And then I, that doesn't count like if I have water in between, and I have a couple of coffees, and then I'll have kombucha. So I'm probably drinking like five liters of water a day, which is a, like four liters is a gallon. I'm not sure what that is in whatever else you um, imperial measurement people use, but yeah, like I have a lot of water, but. Again, it's like play around with that um, with your water fluid intake because that's an easy thing to to fix. And yeah, when it's what it doesn't have to be just straight water. It can be tea. It can be coffee. It can be whatever beverages you you want to drink. Um, okay, so next one's probiotic foods. Yeah, coffee, coffee, um, coffee does count, Maria. So. Um, yeah, like, but you wouldn't want to be having four liters of coffee a day unless you never want to sleep again, of course. So, um, like, I think, like, on the coffee front, for most people, if you do have caffeinated coffee, like, I think some people can tolerate a bit more, but I wouldn't be recommending having more than, like, you know, two or three coffees a day. I tend to have one or two, and I drink decaf. So, um, and actually, coffee, we get to coffee a bit later in the um, in the kind of laxative food so there are some foods that have that laxative effect like that stimulate going like the need to so having caffeine can stimulate that so if you have coffee if you, you're drinking coffee and then you quit coffee that can actually cause you to have be constipated because you, your, your gut and your system is used to the caffeine stimulating like the so um so yeah, I think like again, consistency, like getting like making it similar every day for the bugs makes it their life easier because then they know, okay, caffeine's coming, this is what we what we're doing. Um, great question, Maria. Um, okay, so pro, so we've got we'll I'll talk more about laxative foods in a second. Um, but probiotic foods, so there's probiotics and prebiotics, and probiotics um are they're bugs like they actually these are foods that contain microbes so this is like the fermented foods so for me that looks like I have yogurt every day with my seeds so like my afternoon snack which I love is really my gut health meal of the day um so yogurt is a great one for that um it's you know earlier and you can get dairy-free yogurts as well so like that's you know amazing option um, and then the other thing I love for probiotic foods are fermented vegetables so I make my own sauerkraut and I'll post links to recipes there but fermenting vegetables can be really easily like just even and I've got the boys onto like fermented carrots so and it's just a matter of like cutting up carrots into putting them in a jar mixing up some salt and water putting it on and leaving them out for a few days and they'll do their job they'll start fermenting and then you get this like the, and then you can put, put, them, put them in the fridge and they like you get this kind of because what happens is that there's a particular type of bacteria like the group of bacteria the lactic acid bacteria um, that cr produce lactic acid in the fermented foods and give you that beautiful sour flavor um, so if you are curious about getting into fermented foods yes you can buy commercial sauerkraut which is really <laughs> expensive or I, what I would really recommend is just starting with it, my fermented vegetable recipes and making yourself a jar of fermented carrots and, and then just having one or two like sticks of carrots a day. Um, and I, like even my boys eat, eat the fermented carrots these days. So you know they're really easy. They're really pal palatable. It's like, you know, a couple of minutes work to get them done and, um, you know, really inexpensive as well. But you can play around with like you can ferment cauliflower, you can ferment all cabbage, you know, all cucumbers, anything you want. Um, but my favorites are carrots and the sauerkraut cabbage. Okay, and then there's also things like um, com like kombucha, which I also make. I've, uh, and I've got a, I'll put a link to the, that recipe as well if you want to get into fermenting your own kombucha. 
Um, and then there's also kefir. So like there's a whole heap of things, but don't have to overwhelm yourself on it. Just uh, like yogurt and fermented veggies um, are a really good place to start. And yet there are other fermented foods, but they like the important thing is to have the live bugs in the food. So yes, bread, um, yeah, there's fermentation in bread, but the bugs are killed in the baking process. So you don't really get the benefits of having, and same with like chocolate, there's fermentation in um, cocoa bean production. And it's actually the fermentation, which creates all the beautiful flavors that we get in chocolate, but those bugs are long dead by the time you open a bar of chocolate. So it's really these um, you know, fresh dairy. Um, so there are cheeses are, can, are fermented as well, but I think, Yogurt tends to have the highest populations of live bugs. So that's why I go for yogurts. Okay, then we've got prebiotics. Um, oh, and actually, if you are dairy free, I do have a like a cashew yogurt option that you can um, make yourself. So if you look, because I know dairy free yogurts can be kind of on the more expensive side. So I'll pink, put a link to that recipe as well. Because um, that's like if I was, if I couldn't have my regular yogurt that's what I would definitely have okay so we've got our probiotics so pro just means that they've got the bugs in there and then pre means that they prebiotics are food for the bugs basically so they are going to feed like they've got like these these foods have um things in them like nutrients in them that our our like gut our in, um stomach kind of absorbs so it gets passed on to our onto our gut but and so it's not available in our stomachs but the it is available to the for the guts to for the guts for the gut your gut microbes to eat um so prebiotics the probably the most common one is onion so it, onion and garlic so they contain this um this uh it's a compound called inulin so it's like a type of soluble fiber that your gut microbes love so having onions in things is great um and that's why often, and the thing with prebiotics, so if you're having gut sensitivity issues, the prebiotics are often the thing that causes flare-ups. And it's because you've the population of like the types of bugs that are in your gut are like causing, like they'll eat this inulin and then they'll have a party and they'll cause you to have your whatever gut digestive problems that you're, you're having. So if your gut is sensitive, prebiotics is what you don't want to be increasing you want to like minimize these so if you but if you've got like a good gut like a, a well a good gut microbiome in having prebiotics and increasing um these can be helpful so this is where it's like knowing where you're at is really important um so yeah if you've got a, a sensitive gut and you've got problems you want to cut out onions and you want to cut out garlic whereas if you've got you're wanting to improve and you've got okay, then these can be beneficial. Um, so the other things that so onions and garlic are the most common. And then we've also got uh, things like Whitloff, which is also known as Belgian endive, asparagus. So I'm looking forward to spring here. Um, they That has a lot of this inulin. Jerusalem artichokes, uh, which are also called sunchokes, those little roots that are so delicious. And then also globe artichoke hearts. So if you, you know, getting, I always buy like from the supermarket, I always have a couple of jars of um, artichoke hearts in the, in the pantry. And so like I can often like, we'll just drain one of those, drizzle some olive oil over it and plonk it on this as a side dish so that we're getting, and Glenn will like, um, Glenn will eat like almost a whole jar of those on his own. So um, they're, if you love them, that they're a really great thing to include to get some more prebiotics. Um, then there's chicory, which is a green that grows, and um, radicchio, which is another um, red-coloured lettuce. So they have this prebiotics. Okay, then we've got um, the, so they're like the prebiotics are a special form of fibre that gut microbes love. Um, then we've got a high fibre veg. So basically, all the brassicas. So um, so things like cauliflower, broccoli, cabbage, kale, um, the Asian greens, like Asian, uh, what's it called? Um, yeah, like Asian broccoli, uh, Chinese broccoli, that's it. Um, you know, bok choy, all those things. So they, ha the brassicas tend to have the highest fibre and, and 
but then also, you know, peas and beans and all those sorts of things do as well. And we mentioned asparagus before, but I, my vegetable, my favorite vegetables are the brassicas just because I love how they taste, but they also tend to be the most nutritious as well, or the, the highest fiber. Um, so yes, go for those. Um, resistant starch is another food to look at, including increasing more, another type of food to increase. And so resistant starch is just a form of starch that's kind of like that um, the inulin that I've spoke about before. So it's um, our guts can't, our stomach can't absorb it. Like it's not, doesn't break down in our, our stomachs, but when it gets into our guts, certain microbes love this stuff. And so the most like widely famous resistant starch is like Wonder White bread. So which is like, you know, highly processed food. Um, I'm not recommending going out and studying eating Wonder White bread unless you really love white bread. Um, but the um, easy way to get resistant starch is to cook and cool. Um, when you cook and cool things like potatoes, rice and pasta, that cooling process converts a lot of the bioavailable starch into this resistant starch form. So once it's cooked and cooled, it goes into this resistant starch form. So therefore, when you eat it, if you eat, it doesn't matter if you if you cook a potato and cool it and then heat it up again, that cooling process has created the resistant starch. So you can heat eat the the warmed up potato, but you're getting a different. Um, you're getting this extra bonus of this extra fiber that you wouldn't have got if you just had have eaten the potato when it was still hot. So that's a really cool trick that if you do love your spuds and you do love your you know, pasta and rice, rather than just cooking and eating it straight away, adding that extra step in. So when I'm cooking rice for the boys, I very rarely just steam rice and serve steam rice. Occasionally I will, um, but that's more of a random thing. What I do most of the time is like I cook up a whole pack of rice, cool it down, and then put in the like Ziploc bags in the freezer and then I make fried rice with it. So it's had that cooling process so that it's getting, you're getting that resistant starch. Um, uh, 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 uh. So that's, yeah, another fun trick that you can play around. And that resistant starch tends to be quite um, good for people that have sensitive guts. So if you're having a lot of gut issues, focusing on having resistant starch can be a really good way to start feeding the good, bugs without causing flare-ups so that's a, um, a really good trick and it's also the other cool benefit of doing that is because the starch is going into that other form when you eat those those cooled potato those potatoes that have been cooled or the rice that's, that's been cooled um, it doesn't spike your blood sugar as much so you get that benefit as well Okay, then we've got laxative foods, which I, we kind of touched on before. So this is, they're not technically laxatives. These, that's what I think, how I think of them. But these are foods that do you know, promote um, movement. So um, caffeine, we mentioned. Prunes are another famous. So my boys get two prunes every morning, every day. When we're traveling, I'm, I'm it's me traveling with my uh, pack of prunes and my, uh, and my Darrow flax seeds. So I'm having the flax, they're having the prunes. And because um, when they were little, like they used to have problems with this and it was, I just started them on prunes and they love them. They're delicious. And just, but of course, you don't want to eat a whole pack of prunes like my dad does on occasion and because that can cause problems as well. But again, so it's like that consistency of like two prunes every day, sweet. Um, so if you love prunes, that might be something you want to include. Celery is another one that has like there's the fiber in celery, but it has this extra laxative effect. I actually um, worked with someone in the Naturally Healthy Club in the kind of early on, and she was having problems with constipation and she had been having celery juice every day and then she stopped her celery juice and that caused her to get blocked up. Um, so that you, you may want to, if you love celery juice, go for it. But if you don't love celery juice, I wouldn't recommend. Um, then we've got like things like kiwi fruit and pawpaw. So again, I think Anira had posted that she she's had a lot of problems with constipation and she um, had had a recent bout and she said, oh, I've stopped having my pawpaw every day. So she started having pawpaw again and she did a couple of other things and that, that got her moving again. Um, okay, and then the final thing on alcohol, um, on, on real food is just alcohol, not a food, of course, but 
like alcohol is, you know, it's a disinfectant, it sterilizes, it kills bugs, right? So binge drinking is a really bad idea if you've got gut health, gut health issues. And if you're an Irish person who um, loves to drink and also has gut health issues, then maybe one day you'll realize that there's a connection between the two. However, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to be trying to um, enlighten anyone in that way, but yeah, just like, that's something to look at. Like if you do are having gut problems, no more than like, if you can like, like keep it less than two serves um, because, and you'll know, like in Australia, we have this thing called like having a grog bog. So it's like, if you've had a really boozy night, the next morning, like you're doing this giant poo because all the alcohol has killed all those bugs in your <laughs> in your gut so um yeah <laughs> so yeah just be really mindful of that um yeah so like kind of no more than two serves in a in a session so that you're not like because your blood alcohol like alcohol goes in and it in, goes into all the um it goes into all the like cells like all the tissues in your body so it goes into your it like it goes into your breast milk it goes into your gut so um, joins us isn't beer and wine fermented yes it is joined but the for the fermentation process like the the bugs grow and they can produce the alcohol and then it gets to be too much alcohol and they die so there's no live bugs left by the time you're drinking your wine and beer so yeah no priority options there, probiotic options there um okay and then the oh yeah let's see just mindful of time so yeah so i think that's it for food so there's like you know fiber fluids, probiotic foods, prebiotic foods, high-fiber veg, resistant starch, laxative foods, and alcohol. Okay, so now let's move on and talk about supplement options. So let's see. Um, yeah, okay, so guar gum, which is like, you know, um, some sort of, from some sort of bean, it's this like powder that you get that's used in um used in like food manufacturing but it so you'd think it would be bad like it's this highly processed thing but it actually it's a like a really good um prebiotic so it acts as this that this fiber that is beneficial for gut microbes and it glenn has found that like supplementing with guar gum like that's really helped him feed the good bugs and not cause flare-ups so if you are having problems with um, IBS that's like uh, that's something that I would definitely reckon put high on your list of experiments to do um, and you can just order it online um, most health food shops would have it I think and I'm not even sure how much he takes like whatever the I, I just you can you can research that yourself um, but that's definitely something to to consider um, then there we you can so we've got pre probiotics in our food where we're eating um food that contains the good bugs but you can also buy commercial probiotics that come in a capsule or in powders and i'll link to um i'll post oh yeah I'll, I'll link to it with the with the replay notes but there's one called lactobacillus rotary which glenn has found really helpful for him and so i'll link to an information page about that that might be something that you might may want to consider um, the other thing with like, there's a millions of different probiotic options out there. I prefer to go with the fermented foods just because then you're getting like this really diverse range, whereas the um, commercial probiotics tend to be only a handful of strains. This one that Glenn takes is just only one type of bug. Um, so if you're taking a commercial one, you're missing out on all the, you know, on other ones. Um, however, it's like, again, you know, it's a good insurance policy and certainly for like, if I ever need to take antibiotics, I would then consider like having my fermented foods, but also taking a commercial probiotic just to really build the, the bug, the good bugs back up. Um, and then again, there's also available you can buy like if you go to your health food store and ask them they will have commercial prebiotics so rather than having to eat onions and garlic and whatever they'll you'll be able to buy a powder that contains these that immulin so if you prefer that 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 might be that might be an option <clears throat> um collagen powder is another one that that um probably you wouldn't think of uh, but collagen is very calming on the gut and really good for 
for stimulating um, good gut microbes. So I take two, two tablespoons of collagen powder every day. I'll link to the one that I take. Um, and the, my main motivation for that is like vanity because <laughs> it's good. Like you need it for, um, for your skin and hair and nails, um, but it does help with gut health as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, vitamin C. Um, yeah, it can be good for your gut as well. I take it for Im immune health, but it can be good for just supporting your gut microbes. Um, fish oil, again, that's something we discussed last week in the Aging Well class, and it's amazing for mental health. It's amazing for reducing inflammation. It's, it, gives you, it makes you shinier hair, improves your cardiovascular health. Um, so pretty much anything that wherever there, I mentioned this last week, any, wherever you see any research and they're researching fish oil, it's always really beneficial for whatever ailment they're talking about. Um, and so the same for gut health. Um, so I take like three triple strength capsules a day. I'll link to the one that I take, but if you're particularly if you're vegetarian, I'd really recommend, um, getting your, um, taking a supplement, um, and, so that's definitely worth it. Like, I think it's a very good investment. If you're going to, if you are willing to spend money on supplements, fish oil is definitely the one to do because it's, you just, it just covers so many things because, and it's because um, it has this anti-inflammatory um, property. And even like, I eat a lot of fish. I probably have, I probably have fish like four or five times a week and like between lunches and dinners. And I still take fish oil like, cause it's like, it's like one of those things that, yeah, it's good to get in your diet, but actually having higher levels than you would normally get in your diet is even more beneficial. And there's like, you know, no downside to it. Um, magnesium is another supplement to, um, um, do I take fish oil and omegas? Not too similar. No, I, I just, I just take the fish oil. Um, so the fish oil contains the omega-3s. Lisa and the form that they're in this phospholipid form so they're in a form that's more bioavailable so our bodies can use the fish oil form better so if you get like a vegetarian omega-3 um, some of them can be converted into the phospholipid form but that's actually an extra processing step so most of them aren't cod liver oil amazing um, Maria if you can handle <laughs> handle it I prefer my capsules um, yeah, so they eat the the algal supplements. Um, you still your body can use it, but it's not uh, you're not getting as much benefit. So you're paying less for algal supplements, but you're also like getting a lot less actually going into your cells. So that's just something to consider. So if you are like for ethical whatever reasons are able to have fish, I'd recommend going with the fish. Um, okay, then we've got magnesium is another supplement to consider because it um it can have a, a laxative effect so experimenting with different types and different doses can be something to play around with if you um if you do suffer from constipation and also if you're getting cramps magnesium really helps with that um and there's heaps of different forms of magnesium and then um, there's also a supplement called coloxal with senna uh, which my dad's doctor recommended. He was having some problems with constipation and he takes that every day and that's sorted him out. So that if, you know, may be something you want to experiment with um, if you're happy with taking it, um, taking something. Um, okay, so in terms of other strategies to improve gut health, so like there's so much that we can do around this. So first thing I've got here is just like be naturally healthy and listen to your body because <laughs> so many gut upsets and bloating can't, are caused by too much food so really like overeating is a huge like huge problem for gut health um yeah um okay marie's that's a great question um on supplements can you develop immunity or become ineffective if you've taken for a long time so um yeah okay so things like cloxal with senna that can become ineffective in time but um but things like cod liver oil like that fish oil your body just your body's using it and needing it all the time so it's like it's not you're not going to develop an intolerance to it like keep going and then glucosamine that's like that's a um any um what's it called vitamin c 
antioxidant. So again, it's like every time you take it, it's doing its job. It's like going in there and doing it. So both of those are, are fine, but there are some things that over time, but most things are fine. Like you're not going to, it's not like you develop immunity and you stop getting benefits. Like you still get benefits from most supplements. Um, but yeah, that Coloxal with center, apparently that is something that can, um, that can like not work over time. But like if you're taking pre probiotics, like you're giving yourself new bugs. So it's not like you're going to get immune to the new bugs. It's like, you know, it's, it's going to, it's a great question, Maria. So it's like the longer you take it, but then of course, when you, if you stop taking it, then you no longer get the benefits as well. So it's just something to weigh up with your, um, with supplements. Okay. Yeah. So other strategy, we naturally healthy, listen to your body because so much is caused by like having too much food and also being naturally healthy, like putting your cutlery down, chewing your food is really important because the first part of digestion is in the mouth and that mechanical action of breaking the food down is really key because you think like the like microbes we can't even see them they're, they're so tiny so if you, they've got a big chunk of steak like how do they get in there um <clears throat> so yeah chewing properly so important and big a for pleasure but also beats like setting your gut up to for like you know setting your gut up to be able to do its job um and also like that um that action of saliva in with the food that is the first part of digestion like saliva has these enzymes which starts breaking down the food so that by the time it gets into your stomach like things are moving along like it's not like so whereas you're if you're like eating really fast hardly chewing your food it's going into your stomach in this big lump it's like oh like of course it's going to be tough on your system so being naturally healthy is great for pleasure it's also really good for your guts um, another strategy that you may want to consider is if you particularly if you're having um, a lot of upsets is fasting and so when we're not eating like different again like there's no like that changes the types of bugs that are in our system and <clears throat> there are these like special bugs that love to eat the so our stomach wall, um, intestinal wall has this like mucus that lives on it and there's these stomach these these gut microbes that love to eat the mucus on your stomach wall lining which sounds really gross but it's kind of like it, they clean it off for you and so if it's get a bit manky in there like if you fast for a while and there's no other bugs around these bugs are oh my goodness we get free range of the mucus amazing and then they go and they eat it and then they like they kind of clean it up and um so fasting is um yeah, it can be a really good strategy for improving your gut health. And that's something that Glenn has certainly included. So I think in terms of getting those benefits, like um, like doing like a six, like 16 hours was kind of the minimum. Like you need, kind of need to be fasting for about 16 hours before your gut's empty enough for those bugs to work. But if you were serious about that, I'd consider like like doing at least a 24-hour fast. And if you are curious about fasting, there's a really great book that I'll put in with the the um, the replay notes called Fast Like a Girl. Um, and that actually talks about and it, it gives you a like practical strategy on how to include fasting um, and time it with your menstrual cycle so that it um, just you know to make it easier and to make it more effective for you. Um, so it's definitely something if you are having a lot of problems that I would recommend. Um, another thing, if you're having a lot of problems that can be helpful is to do like some sort of gut reset or some sort of elimination diet. So normally I'm not a huge fan of these because restriction causes problems, but for extreme situations, sometimes just like removing all the things that could possibly be irritating your gut for a short period of time, like six weeks or a couple of weeks even, and then, um, adding them back in slowly can be like really beneficial and so if you are curious about that monash university in australia has an app um, and they've developed they call it the low fodmap diet so it stands for the different types of um carbohydrate like foods that can cause gut things so they basically they've got this app it's really easy to follow like when, when you talk when you when someone tells you about the diet you think oh my goodness i'm never going to be able to eat anything but basically it's like it's all vegetables that are problematic and um and um and like anything kind of fibrous so 
what you can eat is so what if you are doing that i'd recommend focusing on what you can eat so like proteins like animal protein eggs all really fine and simple carbohydrates so um you know rice potatoes um and pasta like tend to be fine so like if you are going to do something radical like that just focusing what you can eat eat is really key um and the other thing with that gut reset like that monash university the format thing is the amount that you have is really important so you can have like so some people can tolerate little bits of corn say but then if having a whole bowl like a whole cob of corn is going to be problematic so it's like it's confusing because sometimes you might eat corn and it's fine but then you you, you hate corn again and it's a problem and that generally comes down to the quantity piece so if you had a little bit one day then it would, wasn't a problem but if you had too much it's can be um you know too much <laughs> so um let's see what we've also got Minimize antibiotic use. So stay healthy in the first place is a really good way. But of course, like don't freak out about that. If you do need to take antibiotics, take the antibiotics. Like don't, if your doctor's really recommending them, like ask the question, of course, like, do I really need these? But then if they're recommending them, take them because getting rid of that infection is going to be more important. And then you can use these strategies to build your gut microbes back up because like they're variable and, and we can feed them and grow them. So like you can recover from that. Um, so don't freak out about antibiotics. Um, getting dirty is a really good one. So gardening, exposing yourself to dirt, it's great for like exposing yourself to those because the microbes are everywhere. Um, so be and like be strategic with your hand washing and your sanitizing. Like so like, yes, of course, in the age of post-COVID, of course, be sensible about that, that. But don't feel like if you're just at home and like you haven't been exposed to the outside world, don't go and sanitize your hands if it's not necessary. Um, okay. And then we've got um, stress reduction. So anything you can do to reduce stress is going to be helpful for your gut. So like meditation, breathing, feeling your feelings, journaling, um, acupressure. So this is something I'm not so familiar with, but Nira had posted she'd had success with that, some sort of massage. So you might want to Google that if you're curious about exploring that. Um, you can get meditation medications to help. So, of course, you know, you always have a discussion with your doctor if you've tried a few things and it's still problematic um and then the other other option is to have that people actually do is to have a fecal transplant where they actually take someone else's poop and transplant it into your yours yours to like get those those um bugs across <laughs> so uh kind of gross but yeah there we go so i'll um i'll share there's some books that I recommend. I'll, I'll post those with the replay rather than read them out now. Um, and if you are curious about reading more about this, but the key takeaway from this today is like, just don't get overwhelmed. Like you don't have to do this perfectly and your gut's like a moving target. So remember like those, those bugs that they're, they're changing hour by hour, you know, different times of the day. Um, and if I like, just really like approach it from this. I always solve my problems. And if I was only going to do one thing, if I, if my problem was constipation, it would definitely, I would start with gently increasing fiber and water. If my problem was diarrhea, I'd look at removing the fiber, those fiber rich foods of prebiotic foods and actually um, supplementing with guar gum. And then if I was going to do two things, I would like the, the next thing I would add in would be to include some sort of fasting to like, give my gut a rest and get, get that, um, get my, give that clean to my gut mucus lining. Um, there we go. So does anyone have any questions before we wrap up? Yeah, I've just got one, Jules. If, uh, yeah, if yeah. Um, so, uh, um, it's been the way I've been brought up or whatever or the kind of food that I've eaten as a child but I've always um throughout most of my life had a completely cast iron constitution as uh as we'd call it in the UK I love it um <laughs> very not not sensitive stomach nothing very very rare that I would ever have any kind of stomach or gut problems um what I've found since I've started um NHC and obviously ultimately I've lost quite a lot of weight now um, is that not that my kind of gut or my stomach has become suddenly sensitive. I think probably just the sensitivity has increased slightly. 
And I found myself having a couple of episodes of gut issues that like I never normally have. Um, So I don't know if that's just my body adjusting or kind of getting used to its new environment, but I don't know if that's a common thing or not a common thing or if it's just something unique to me. That's a good question, Maria. I haven't, nobody's mentioned anything. Um, I'm wondering, like, so when you say gut issues, like, is like stomach issues, is it, is it like nausea or? um... No, uh, the the other end. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so more on the constipation side or the no, sort of more like kind of the the diarrhea or the sudden need to sort of like eject um <laughs> like a, a meal after eating. Um, I'm not saying it's happened a lot. I'm just saying it's happened like when I've never had it before. Right. Okay. That's that's um that's fascinating. Might be it? something that might be something that happened. Might be something that I don't know previously. Maybe I would have tolerated, and now I haven't not sure because I, I don't really know what the triggers are to be fair yeah cool. i recover quite quickly afterwards yeah yeah okay um yeah i'd say yeah just like i, I just monitor it maria and just mm. next time like just really tune into it because i haven't like I, I don't like i don't think the weight like losing weight would be causing that so it's probably something yeah. else that's it's changed yeah it's probably completely unrelated I just thought I'd ask the question and that's why I was kind of particularly interested to come onto this call yeah 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 um perhaps I'm still adjusting well no like or like could it be um yeah like there's a bug that's that you like that it's like completely unrelated to weight loss and that like but you've been exposed to a bug that's now giving you sensitivity where you didn't have sensitivity before Maybe. Yeah. yeah 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 um yeah I'll, I'll try and try and dial into whether it's sort of environment related um yeah yeah it's a funny one I just thought I'd ask yeah cool so one thing if it does um does continue like i probably would recommend like i my if that was me um do you get cramping as well with it no okay no nothing okay. like that right so just no, a, so just need a loo really of, quickly no not none of the kind of symptoms no right right yeah yeah because um so but but anything that we've discussed today that's going to build up your populations of good bugs is going to be helpful yeah yeah so yeah is there anything i'll uh, I'll do a take some of that on board yeah was there anything that jumped out of you that thought oh and maybe i'd like might like to experiment with that um yeah I, i don't know perhaps it's a bit of a maybe a bit of a fiber check in terms of where I'm getting my fiber from because I'm probably not consciously sort of thinking about what I'm eating for nutritional purposes um, or thinking, well, I'm having this because this meal contains some fiber or some calcium or some of this and some of that, or I'm having this food or I'm having this supplement. if I'm taking supplements, they're usually the same supplements I've taken for years. Uh, like I'll take a multivitamin with iron every day because I know that in the past I've had low iron and usually just taking like a kind of regular multivitamin with iron does the trick. Yeah, great Not idea, to, yeah. To, to kind of keep it going. And then I know I have to don't worry about getting it from food, which I suppose is a bit lazy, but um, it, it works. It works for me. Yeah. Um, Cool. So yeah, I okay. don't probably plan. I don't probably plan meals or food with with that kind of nutrition in mind. But maybe that's just something to be a bit more mindful of. Yeah, yeah. Maybe have a think about like, like just and think about experimenting with like you know, could you is there some way you could add in flax seeds every day or add in oat bran mm. every day so that you're you've got that and then you don't have to worry about the rest of the meals and like you don't have to become a nutritionist mm-hmm. we don't want to like put that stress on you but just like adding that in might be well i usually have overnight oats made from oatmeal every oh, okay. day and it's been full of chia seeds then so okay great 
okay well maybe you might so, want to like put in a two, two two spoons of chia seeds and yeah like yeah a bit more a bit more okay chia yeah yeah amazing maybe i might get some flax seeds and throw those in or something like that yeah try it try yeah it yeah that's right yeah amazing how does that feel maria yeah 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 thanks jules Is it cool with that i think it just needs for me it just needs to be easy and simple and something i don't really have to kind of think about bringing into cooking or Yeah, of food course. Yeah. doing Yeah. doing something very different or wildly extra that i'm Yeah. probably not going to maintain so it just needs to be something quick instant and go to The other, yeah, so adding those, yeah, increasing, well, if you've already got chia, increasing those or Yeah. adding in some flax seeds as well to that, like when, when you're serving it to add some crunch, it'll be delicious. One thing to do and Yeah, just I've see not how tried that goes. them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Amazing. I'll try that. Okay, amazing. Thank you. Awesome. Okay, does anyone else have any questions or thoughts before we wrap up? No, we're good. Great. Awesome. Everyone's excited about having a healthy gut. Yay. <laughs> Excellent. Have a good week, everyone. And I'll, um, yeah, catch you guys next week. Bye.